What is up, young adults? Thanks for tuning in today. Don't forget to like, share, and subscribe. Also, follow us at YA underscore Power Bluff. And as always, thanks for tuning in. Everybody doing tonight, huh? All right, yeah. Well, Bridget. Sorry, I wasn't going to call you out, but just happy to see you. Anyways, welcome to the Power of Church, young adults. Uh, my name is George Garcia, for those of you who don't know, and uh, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, we just came back. Man, it's really cold in here. Is anybody else cold? That's like really, I mean, that's like, it's usually cold in here, but this is like, like cold, cold. Uh, but it's all good. Amen. Uh, you know, better than hot. So, but anyways, we just came back, uh, from the river. We went, uh, we took a really short notice trip out to, uh, Tampa to be with Pastor Rodney for the Ministers and Leaders Conference. And, uh, it was a great time. How many of you know, even as leaders, we need to be refreshed. We need to put ourselves, not saying we don't receive here because we do, but, you know, there's a time when, you know, you're running around and you're serving, but, it's good to get, get away and receive, sit under the anointing. And uh, it was a great two and a half days. You go for two and a half days and you feel like you like have received enough to live the rest of your life. But, uh, you know, and you definitely sit in enough service to receive for the rest of your life, which is great. It's like, but praise God for good backs and good legs. Uh, just kidding. Well, anyways, it was a good time and uh, we were ha- really happy to be there. And, uh, you know, we came back ready to... You know, this, I, if you've been a part of the young adults, I, I keep saying these next three months, well, it's two months now. See how fast a month goes like that? It's like, before you know it, we'll be in 2024 and, you know, it's going to be, you know, rat. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, but anyways, it's going to, it's going to be, a, it's going to be uh, a big two months. And I know this next year for young adults, uh, we have a lot planned and I know that the Lord is going to, the Lord's going to do a lot in uh, y'all's life. So like I said, stay connected. This is a great ministry to be a part of. If you're watching, why are you watching and why aren't you here? Uh, I understand it's World Series game one. I want to be at the World Series. No, I'm just kidding. But anyways, uh, we invite you. Come visit us, 17431 Bamwood Drive, Houston, Texas, 77090. So, uh, but yeah, so we received and it was a good time. And, uh, you know, I'm happy to be back. We were on 1960 coming to the church. We've actually been going, going, going. We flew in Thursday. Uh, and then I went to work that night and then I worked all day today and I came here. So it's like, that was like the first time I sat down, but I feel like refreshed. It's like you have no sleep in you, but yet you feel refreshed. It's like, great. And so, you know, I'm thankful unto the Lord because it, what it is, is it's not just like, you know, it's not just a refresh to be excited, you know, but it's, it's a, um, it's an expectancy. And so that's really why I'm excited because, you know, if in the past six months of the Lord's done something in your life in any area, just raise your hand for me. It's been exactly almost everybody in this room. And so, you know, this is only growing. We're, we're on the road to a hundred as most of you know, and uh, you know, we're going up and up and up. And so why did my voice sound like a 15 year old for a second? Uh, we're going up, up. <laughs> okay, funny story. In the Bible, the Bible says that effeminate men would not make it to heaven. And so, thank you, Quasha. And so, uh, if you don't know what effeminate means, it just means really feminine men. 
So like I walked around for like a week making my voice deeper. And then I also was like, all right, no more skinny jeans. And I was like, no, I'm just kidding. But it said, I, I now every time I say something weird or my voice cracks, I tell Courtney, I'm not a feminist. I'm not a feminist. Uh, but anyways, funny story. I love reading the Bible. So that was a good time. So basically the Bible says don't be feminine. But anyways, uh, coming to today, uh, I was, you know, asking the Lord, I was like, Lord, what do you want me to talk about? And, you know, one thing that when, when you, when you serve the Lord, you know, it's easy. I, one of the things is that I like to always talk about is the foundation. I was talking to somebody the other day and uh, I was like, you know, it seems like a lot of people these days, especially younger people, they always want like some deep, super deep revelation of the word. And that's great. And, you know, we should be going deeper and deeper in our revelations as we mature as believers. But you can never neglect the foundations of, of, your, of your relationship with Jesus, which is healing, it's faith, it's uh, salvation. What was it? Holy Ghost. Yeah. And um, I know I'm missing one more. But uh, so you can get all these deep revelations, right? And, and that's great. But, you know, you see people who, like, talk about all these super deep revelations, and then they're the same people who are dealing with, you know, they're, they're, they're depressed, or they're sick, or they're scared, or they're anxious. And it's because they never took time to build the foundations, the things that, um, you know, the Bible says to build your house on a solid rock. And that's why I had them do firm foundation today, because it's a great song. But if you don't, you think about it, when you're building a house... If you build, if you build, if you don't really take time, you build a foundation. But if the foundation's not the right foundation, you've built this whole house, and if, if one thing comes, the whole house comes down. And so, if you don't take time to build those foundations, then what happens is, is you become very spiritual, but yet you're easily moved. And so, as Christians, we're not to be easily moved. We're to, we're to be strong, confident, able believers. You know. Uh, and that's really what I'm going to talk about. I was thinking of a title. My titles never work out because I change them like in my head constantly. But uh, I'll say two. One was the word that always works. And then the other one was living in victory. And so uh, basically what I'm going to talk about today is how, you know, the Bible says we go from glory to glory and from strength to strength, from victory to victory. And in that sentence, there was no time for low season. There was no time for dry season. There was, there's no time for going back. The Bible says we don't go from glory to glory back and then glory to glory. The Bible says glory to glory, strength to strength, victory to victory. And so as believers, it's not right for us to be tossed to and fro. The Bible says that God is a, not like a shifting shadow up one day and down the next. I heard growing up, you know, the Christian walk is like a roller coaster ride, but it's actually not a roller coaster ride. And that's funny because, you know, roller coasters aren't even mentioned in the Bible. So obviously that's a fake statement. And so it can't be right because there was no electricity either. Uh, but, you know, anyways, so the Christian walk isn't like a roller coaster life. Your Christian walk can actually be a continual life of increase. And so if you, if you look at the life of Jesus, Jesus, Jesus never was up and down, up and down, but he was consistently going up until the day he left earth. And so because we have Jesus living on the side of us, living on the inside of us, man, I'm mumbling today, living on the inside of us, we take on his nature. And so 
uh, you know, the Bible says we are the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. I'm going to turn to Deuteronomy 28, and I'll start in verse 1. I'm going to be jumping around a little bit. But, uh, but say this with me. Say, I am the head and I am not the tail. I am a winner and never a loser. All right. I like that. All right. So Deuteronomy 28, one. Um, yeah, we'll do NLT. All right. If you fully obey the Lord, your God and carefully keep all his commands that I am giving to you today, the Lord, your God will set you high above all the nations of the world. Verse two, it says you will experience all these blessings if you obey the Lord, your God. Can you put that in New King James? I want to see what that says in New King James. And all these blessings shall come upon you and overtake you because you obey the voice of the Lord, your God. Oh, if you obey the voice of the Lord, your God. Go to three. Blessed shall you be in the city. Blessed shall you be in the country. Blessed. Blessed shall you be, okay, here it goes. Bless, I was looking for verse four, I didn't have it in my notes. <laughs> Blessed shall be the fruit of your body, the pr- produce of your grounds, and the increase of your herds, the increase of your cattle, and the offspring of your flocks. Now, in, in right there it says, Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. What is the fruit of your body? The fruit of your body is anything that your hand touches. The, in the Bible it says, everything, what's the scripture? Everything your hand touches shall prosper. Does anybody know that off the top of your head? Um, I might be. Okay. Anyways, I am saved. I know the Bible. Just slipping my mind. Is it? All right. Okay. I have it in my notes. I was just giving around. All right. Blessed shall be the fruit of your body. So if you're blessed shall be the fruit of your body. So what does that say? Does that say blessed shall be, blessed shall be some fruit of your body. Blessed shall be a little bit of fruit of your body or blessed shall be. It says blessed shall be the fruit of your body and the produce of your ground. Go to five. We'll just read through it. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Blessed shall you be when you come in, and blessed shall you be when you go out. Skip to verse 12, or verse eight, sorry. The Lord will command, okay, and go to, yeah. The Lord will command the blessings, the blessing on you in your storehouses and in all to which you set your hand. And he will bless you in the land which the Lord your God has given you. It says, and to which you set your hand. So everything your hand touches shall prosper. Say that. Everything my hand touches shall prosper. Okay, it sounded like you said everything my hand touches shall be defeated. Everything my hand touches shall prosper. Why? Because it says it right here. And the Bible is true. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses, in my bank account. You can switch that for in my bank account. And all to which you set your hand to. It's funny. It's funny how in the Bible, you know, people, people, okay, and this is, I'm kind of skipping around in my notes, but, you know, in the Bible, there's a constant trend of pointing out things when it comes to finances. So when you look at finances, and I'm not taking an offering, so if you think I'm taking a second offering, I'm not taking a second offering. But when you look at in the word, the Lord always specifically points out 
when it has to do with finances. He could have said anything, but he said specifically blessing, blessing on your storehouses. And where do you put your money? In your bank account, your storehouse. We don't have little barns where we put other things, but we have storehouses, our bank account. And so it says, he will command the blessing on your storehouse into which all you set your hand to. It's just funny because it, it always sets aside when it has to do with, with finances. He could have said, he could have went down on the list, but no, he said your storehouses and everything else you touch. It's just funny that you see that in the word. And so go to verse 12. The Lord will open up to you, will open to you his good treasure and the heavens to give the rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations and you shall not borrow. You shall lend to many nations and shall not borrow. Say, I shall lend to many nations and not borrow. And you know what? That's the lifestyle of a believer. You shall lend to many nations and not borrow. And you may say, what do you mean? I haven't, I haven't lent to any. You shall lend to many nations and not borrow. If you, the, the, Bishop, is it David Oyedepo or is it um, at a boy? Either way, one of them says, if it's too big for your mouth, it's too big for your hand. And if it's in the word, you, if it's in the word, you can have it. And so remember, God is not like a shifting shadow up one day and down the next. If he said it then, it means you can have it now. And so that's the lifestyle of the believer. You know, people in here, as people, uh, as Christians, you're different. Say, I'm different. I'm different. And why are you different? It's because you've been born again. You've, you've received Jesus Christ on the inside of you. And so what separates you from the world? Jesus. And so when you, like I said, when you receive Jesus into your heart, you take on his likeness. And so uh, I, like, I like what uh, Jonathan Shulsworth pointed out is, you know, people think Jesus was poor and he wore like, dusty chanclas. Y'all think he wore Birkenstocks, but I promise you he did not wear Birkenstocks. I wouldn't even wear, I'm just kidding. I'm not dogging on Birkenstocks. Uh, but you know, if, if Jesus had a treasure, obviously he didn't have $20. He had a little bit more than $20. Uh, so if you have a treasure, just know you have way more money than you probably, you know, than a normal amount. And so, well, I guess I say normal amount, but you know, a normal amount could be 3 million depending on who you are. It's just, you know, uh, that's, that's another thing. We're, we're actually going to start pretty soon the Proverbs series. Uh, we're going to do a live stream every day, uh, the Proverbs series. And so it's going to be really good. How many of y'all did the leadership series? Yeah. The leadership series was awesome. And if you didn't do the leadership series, next time we do a series, you should definitely join it because it was basically business class 101 through the Bible's eyes. And so uh, that was that was awesome. The leadership secrets of Jesus. And so uh, going on, it says I, when I wrote down when you are born again, say born again, you have put off your old life and you've been made new through Jesus Christ. So like I said, you say you may say, oh, I, I you know, I grew up. One of the things that I think about is, you know, the, in the leadership ser- uh, series, we talked about your closest friends. And the statistic is, is you're within 15% of uh, the same income as your seven closest friends. You're within 15% of the, 
of the same income as your seven closest friends. So what does that say? It says who you are, who you hang around with. And so, like I said, if you got to get rid of some friends, if you got to go get some more friends with more money, you know, go do it. So, <laughs> you know, but, but why is that? I, mean, I, was talking, I was talking with Joe the other day, and we were talking about, you know, why, when you, why, you know, why is that statistic true? But it's because when your level of thinking is different, you, it, it's like it, 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 okay, let's see, how do I put it? How do I put this in simple terms? When, you, when, you're, when you're in a certain level, a person who makes a million dollars and a person who makes $10,000, they don't think the same way. You know, one person's trying to figure out how to, you know, how to buy things on credit or how to buy things, you know, whatever. And the other person's thinking of how can I invest my money or what, how to do this the smart way. And so, uh, you know, when I'm trying to get myself back on track with the scripture here, but it's okay. We're, I can stay quiet for like two seconds. Okay. Anyways, your level of thinking expands. So why is that, why is that statistic true? It's because people think differently in different brackets. And so, like I said, get yourself some better friends. I mean, not better friends, but, you know, tell your friends to start making more money. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> but, um, and so, yeah, when, when, you, when you plug yourself in with the word of God, you begin to see that at, there's a trend of prospering. There's a trend of always winning. There's a trend of not losing. There's a trend of of uh, being successful. And not only that, but there's a trend of when you become successful, everything around you becomes successful. And so I'm going to be touching on that in a little bit, but let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18. Why is this mic popping like that? That's so weird. That's pretty annoying. Uh, all right. 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 18. Uh, so it says, therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Be okay, now I knew where I was. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Now all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ and has given us the ministry of reconciliation. 19. That is that God was in Christ reconciling the word, the world to himself, not imputating their trespasses to them. And he has committed the world 20. Now then, okay. Now then we are ambassadors for Christ as through God, we were pleading as though God were pleading through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God and go back to, um, go back to first 17. It says, therefore, if anyone be in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Does that say some or does that say all? All. All things have become new. And, you know, what, what you see in, in, I feel like this younger, I, I guess younger, I'm, I'm pretty young. But what you see now is you see like a mentality of victimhood. I can't do this because of that. Or I'm not this way because of this. Or I'm not, or I'm not making this much because my family didn't make this much. Or I live on this side of town because my family lives on this side of town. What you see is you see excuses for why they're in a, in a certain situation. But when you realize that I'm not 
I don't identify when you become born again, you no longer identify with what your parents were. You no longer identify with what your family was. You no longer identify with what street you live on or what educational background you live on. You begin to identify with what Jesus said you were. And so he says, I am the head and I am not the tail above only and never beneath. He said, what do we say? Say it again. Say, I'm a lender and never a borrower. You may say, I've never lived a life without borrowing. Oh, I'm telling you today, the people in this room will be lenders and never borrowers. If you've been a part of a family who buys everything, it's funny. There's people who have money and still buy things on credit. It's kind of weird. But, you know, it, it, it's, it's all a mentality. It's, it's an identity. People, identi- people create the, oh, oh, you know, I, I always have to have this or whatever. But when you read down the Bible that says, I am the lender and never the borrower. You know, we talked about at the millionaire dinner at, uh, recently that about, you know, why, is, why are we even, you know, why is it even important to prosper in this end time? But it's because to be detached from the world, you have to have, you have to have the, um, the finances and you have to have the, what is the word I'm looking for? Yeah, no, no, I did say liquid. That is one. But you have to, you have to be able to, you have to have the resources to be separate. And so, you know, that's what, that's what, um, that's what Christ has called us to do. The Bible says we are on this world, but not from this world. So you can say, say this with me, say what, how things work for others. They, they don't work. Oh no, that's not how you say that. I say this every morning and why don't, why can't I think of it right now? You know, it's just like, maybe I don't have enough water in me. I don't know. But say, um, how things work for others, they don't work for me. What's hard for, what's hard? Lord, uh, who was here that one time when I said the spirit was weak and the flesh is willing? But yeah, thanks, Jocelyn. Thanks for reminding me. That. You know, you, you, you get what I'm saying. But, yeah, all right. Oh, I'm moving on. Pastor Sandy, I know you're still in Florida. I hope you're not watching this right now, but just know my heart is pure. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, all right. So going, going on to my notes, the Bible says we are ambassadors for Christ. Now, when you, when you write, go to verse 20, is that where it was? Verse 20, it says we are ambassadors for Christ. Now think about it, right? Every country has an ambassador, right? What is the purpose of ambassador? Somebody tell me. Sure, Vanessa. Okay. Yeah. To go represent, to make peace, right? It says, for, uh, no, 20, please. Verse 20. Verse 20. All right. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ as though, as though God were pleading through us. Okay. Now, let me tell you this. If America sent over somebody in, like, Wrangler jeans with holes in it and, like, Birkenstocks and, like, just look dirty, Right? With that, do you think that would convince any country to like lock arms with us? No. If, if the Amer of the Americas, the Amer- if America sent over somebody who looked poor, who didn't look like Amer- represented America, do you think that would get anything done? No. They send an ambassador over with all the resources necessary, someone who they know can represent the country on their behalf. And so when it says we are ambassadors for Christ, now don't miss this. It says. As though God were pleading through us. As though God were pleading through us. So what does that mean? Now, let me tell you this. 
Would, would God get more glory if you were poor or if you were rich? All right. Would God get more glory if you were successful or unsuccessful? Successful. And so it says, God were, if God, as though God were pleading through us, we are ambassadors for Christ. And so you can take that and say, I am an ambassador for Christ. And so that was one of my messages. One of, one of my titles was uh, being a display for his glory. We are to be displays for his glory. And so as we are displays for his glory, it actually, it actually speaks life and draws people in. We, in the leadership series, we talked about the, the Bible's way, uh, uh, the Bible's economic way. And that is, in the world, it's, what if I, I don't have anything, give me something. But in the Bible, it says, to, um, it, it's, if, you, if you are good with what God's given you, you'll be given more. Do you know the scripture for that? Ashley? No, I feel like you did. Sorry. No? All right, I'm testing the leadership people here. I'm just kidding. I'm testing the leadership series here, but uh, you know, it, it, think of the story with the with the with the talents. Him who was given much will be much more will be given, and to him who didn't have, why can't I? Why does with my scriptures talking today? I have no idea what's going on right now, but it's okay. I'm getting off my notes. That's really what's happening. But basically, the world's way of doing things is if you have, if you're good with what you have, you'll be given more, and what you're bad with will be taken away. And so if we're ambassadors for Christ and, and, you know, God has called us to be uh, a display for his glory, how much it says, if he has given Jesus his only son, how much more would he give us? And this is the scripture. It says, for everyone who has more will be given and he will have an abundance. But from him who does not have, even what he has, uh, even what he has will be taken away. And so that's the Bible way of, of doing things. It says, um, and if you go to Philippians 4.19, it says, he has, uh, you can turn there just uh, really quick. In Philippians 4.19, it says, and my God shall supply all your needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So again, when you've been born again, you have put off the old life and you've become made new through Jesus Christ. He has given you all your needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. And so if you're born again, you can grab a hold of that word. And if you're not born again, you'll have a chance tonight. But uh, let's go to First uh, Kings 10.1. I want to show you uh, about being an ambassador for God in the Bible. In the story of in the story of Solomon, basically, Solomon was there's a book called "The Richest Man Who Ever Lived." It's about Solomon, and so uh, you know he the Queen of Sheba heard about Solomon. Uh, am I saying his name right? Solomon, Solomon. Sorry. Funny story. Get this right. Courtney's family they eat a lot of fish, and so here I am, you know, Mexican guy from Houston, Texas. You know, New Orleans is like the seafood capital of like the world, low key. But, uh, you know, I go meet her family and I'm like, they're like, yeah, let's go eat some. Uh, how do you say it? Oh, we did go eat steak. Whatever. Whatever. Another time. Basically, I kept saying Solomon when they wanted to eat salmon. And so, you know, it's the same thing. It's a fish. It's pink. You know, it's the same thing. But uh, to, to say all that, my in-laws love me. We have a great relationship. You know, I'm going to see them for Thanksgiving and Christmas. If you're watching, I love y'all. Uh, but anyways, again, going back on track. Now, Solomon, 
There it goes, King Solomon. All right, so now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, uh, reread that. Now when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to test him with hard questions. Uh, Go to verse four. It says, and when the queen of Sheba had seen all the wisdom of Solomon, the house that he had built, the food on his table, the seating of his servants, the service of his waiters, their apparel, his cupbearers, and his, his entryway by which he went up to the house of the Lord. There was no more spirit in her. Next verse. Then she said to the king, it was, true, it was a true report which I heard in my own land about your words and wisdom. However, I did not believe the words until I came and saw it with my own two eyes. And indeed, the half was not told to me. Your wisdom and prosperity exceed the fame of which I've heard. Happy are your men and happy are your servants who stand continually before you and heard your wisdom. Bless, okay, catch this. Bless be the Lord your God who delighted in you, setting you on the throne of Israel because the Lord has loved Israel forever. Therefore, he made you king to do justice and righteousness. In the first line there, it says, bless be the Lord your God. So the Queen of Sheba comes and sees all of Solomon's glory, everything the Lord's done. Go back two verses to verse seven. It says, "How uh, one more. It says, then the king said, it was true. It was a true report, which I heard in my own land about your words and your wisdom. Next one. It says, however, I did not believe the words until I came and saw my own eyes. And indeed, the half was not told. And, and get this, get how she describes Solomon. She says, your wisdom and your prosperity exceeds the fame of which I heard. The two words she described Solomon with was wisdom and prosperity. Wisdom and prosperity. And because she saw his wisdom and his, okay, Queen of Sheba, not a born again believer, just a queen. Okay, she comes and hears about this. So it's not like she was spiritual or anything, but she heard she heard of his fame and his wisdom came to see him. And because of how excellent everything was, because of how everything the Lord has blessed them with, she she even in her natural mind described it wisdom and prosperity. And because she saw this, she go to verse nine. She says, Bless be the Lord your God. Remember, as ambassador of Christ, when you begin to succeed, when you begin to have more than enough, when you begin to live off the top of the cup and not the bottom, people will say, Bless be the Lord thy God of Raul. Bless be the Lord thy God of Omar. Bless be the Lord thy God of Miranda. Because the Lord begins to prosper you, he will receive all the glory. And because you begin to prosper, not only will people say, Man, how's it happening? But they'll say, I want to have what you have. And you begin to see what sets you apart from the world, Jesus. And when you live your day-to-day life, people will notice Jesus in you. And Jesus isn't suffering from the gospel. Jesus isn't uh, being depressed. Jesus isn't being anxious. David wasn't depressed in the land. Jesus isn't falling back up, falling down and getting back up. But living with Jesus is a life of continual blessing, going from glory to glory, strength to strength, being the lender and never the borrower, owing 
owing no man anything. The Bible says, he maketh a man rich, and he addeth no sorrow. He maketh a man rich, and he adds no sorrow. Again, money, can it buy happiness? Yeah, yeah, it can. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Well, actually, I'm not kidding. Because when I eat like a good potbelly sandwich, I'm like really happy. That thing's like $10, so, you know. But I, there's a joy. The Bible says, fill yourself with my joy that your joy may be full. So, you know, the joy, happiness, two different things. But a sandwich does make me very happy. Uh, a warm sandwich. Get the wreck with all the cheeses on it. It's so good. Anyways, we're going to have Chick-fil-A after service. So please go enjoy yourself after service. But what am I talking about here? I'm talking about how the Bible guarantees that one, you're an ambassador for Christ. And two, as an ambassador, what you can't be, he's not going to send you off with nothing. He's not going to send you off as a lousy ambassador, but he's going to, he equips you with all his glory, all his richness and all his righteousness. You know, this isn't something that, what well, the, the way to live a, a, a not roller, how do you even live a not roller coaster life in Christ, right? Because you may say, okay, you know, I'm in, I have a job, I do this, you know. But again, he's not a shifting shadow up one day and down the next. He's not good one day and decides to be bad the next day, you know. And so, and so we're to be a constant uptrend. And so um, we are ambassadors for Christ. And so, so I wrote down some notes. It says Solomon's servants were blessed. Solomon's environment was blessed. Because the Lord had blessed Solomon... Even Queen of Sheba awed at how blessed his servants was, all the way to how blessed his entryway was. Solomon didn't suffer for the Lord. He was used to glorify the Lord. And I'm telling you today, you will glorify the Lord. Say, I will glorify the Lord. I am the head and not the tail. It says, uh, I wrote down, Queen of Sheba, Queen of Sheba praised the Lord because of how blessed Solomon was. Blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in thee. That's what she said. And if you go back to verse 9, it says, or we're at verse 9. It said, blessed be the Lord thy God, which delighted in you. And I'll tell you, the Lord, it says, he, he who gave his only son, how much more would he give thee? The Lord who takes his delight in the blessing of his servants, the Bible says. And so how many are his servants here? Now say, I'm blessed. I'm the head and not the tail. Eddie James, he's the, he's the, he's the goat. He's the goat. <laughs> All right. Um, so the, the blessing attracts. Say the blessing attracts. Now you, each and every single one of us, though we're equipped, right? Though we're equipped, uh, though the Lord sends us equipped, we have to decide to live a blessed life. We have to decide to be lenders and never borrowers. We have to decide to say, I'm going to be, you know, because people, this is where I was, I was at a meeting the other day and, you know, it was funny. I went to a Christian business meeting, half, partially for the fun I knew I was going to have, but I went to, <laughs> I go to a Christian business meeting, you know, just trying to meet people in the business world. And so I'm like, you know, this is going to be really weird or this can be really great. And so I go to the business meeting and they're like, hi, is this your first time? Like, yeah, you know, I'm just here. And they're like, great. Here's your ticket for wine and liquor. Uh, and, you know, we'll go ahead and get your drinks and uh, we'll start in a little bit. I was like, this is exactly what I thought it was going to be. 
But anyways, funny story. So I didn't run. I stayed, but I never went back. And, you know, half the people there looked like they needed Jesus. <laughs> but it was, it was scary. It was scary. But, um, you know, it was sad. But I got to, I did, we did take turns. It, it was a good time. But anyways, if you're watching this, you know who you are. Uh, but anyways, it says, um, going down, go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. You know, and so, oh, actually, don't go there yet. But, you know, living for the Lord is easy. It's easy. Every day the, the, in the Bible, it says, renew your mind daily. It, Paul said, I buffet my body daily. And it's, a, it's a daily choice to be an ambassador for Christ. It's a daily choice to be successful. It's a daily choice to take on the, uh, to decide I'm going to live righteous for Christ. And you know what? It's not, it's not hard. It's not hard. Growing up in church, I heard people say, you know, it's going to be hard to live for Christ. You know, you're going to go in the world. Where does he say that youth group? But it's not, it's not hard. And why? Because go to Matthew eleven twenty eight. The Bible says, my, my, why, why am I forgetting scripture today? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. It says, come to me, all you who labor and are heavy laden. I will give you rest. I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentile, gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. It says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. It's not hard to live for Christ. It's not hard to be successful. The Bible says when others, run, when others walk, you shall run and your strength will be renewed. And so, you know, when you begin to align yourself with the word and say, I'm going to live my life according to the word, you actually begin to realize how easy it is to live a successful life in Christ. You actually begin to realize that I can live different than my family lived. I can, I can, my, oh, uh, they say, oh, you know, um, you're always going to, you're always going to be like this. Nobody in my family, nobody in your family has ever did that. Well, guess what? You're going to be the ones to do that. You're going to be the ones to be debt free. The Bible says, uh, the Bible says it's great to be, it's great to receive, but how much more is it to give? And so I see a lot of givers in this place. I'm telling you, when you stand right here and you look at everybody at once, you see y'all look different. And I'm telling you, a lot of y'all started the, the, the 2022 one way. And from now to then, you're a different person. And you begin to know that. You know, people are saying, you know, I didn't think this way before. But now you think this way. And it's not a coincidence that you're beginning to think that way. The Lord is actually tr changing the way you think. He's re you, as you renew your mind and you take on the likeness of the word, you begin to realize that your desire, that's why there's a natural desire in everybody to succeed. Nobody wakes up in the morning and says, man, I can't wait to fill today. Or says, you know what? I want to find out how to make the lowest amount of money I can today. You know, everybody wakes up with the desire to say, I want to do more. I want to do better. And why? Because that's a God-given desire. You'll be surprised. That's why in the world, it's easy for people to do nothing. It's because their, their, their spirit is dead. But when you receive Jesus as the inside of you, you become alive in Christ because Christ has risen up and we have risen up with Christ. So it begins to say, wait, you're, you're, you begin to say, wait, what am I doing? You begin to say, I need to, I, something needs to change here. And why, what, what, why is that? Because Jesus has come on the inside of you and he makes you new and all things have passed away for all things have become new. 
And so what I'm trying, what I'm trying to get to y'all today is you aren't who you used to be. You're not what your family was. You're not, you're not what, what your brothers and sisters are, but you are a new creation in Christ Jesus. You are the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. I, I guarantee you there's a lot of people in this place that are going to make way more money than their family has. I, I'm telling you, I, I see people in this place that are going to make literally more money than a group of their relatives combined. And it's, and it's going to be easy. It's going to be easy. And so I see people who give more than they've ever given. You know, it, it's, it's really funny. I mean, we, us, us personally, you know, we, we see the Lord do a lot of things in our life. And, you know, we're expecting for a lot of things the, these next two months and this next year. But it, it, it's when you when you see what the Lord has done, it, it's like it, it's it's how do I say this? It's e- it, when you see what the Lord's done in our personal life. It's funny because it's easy. It, it's felt easy. I don't know about you. But it's been easy for me, but it's it's easy. And so, you know, the, the Lord what what takes people years to do the lord or the lord can do in a month and so it, it's not it, it's an acceleration because as the days go the bible says that you know as the, as the end comes the the church will get brighter and brighter into that glorious day and so it says brighter and brighter it doesn't say it's going to get bright it says it gets brighter and brighter until that glorious day and so as you know the sign the signs of the end times comes which we're in the end times there has to be an acceleration in the bible it says the plow shall take over the reaper what does that mean it's like if i'm like reaping right i'm planting seed and before i can even finish planting the harvest is already coming up and it's like i can't even finish planning because the harvest is coming it just keeps coming it keeps coming it says uh it says the blessing shall overtake you and so that happens in these last days when you connect yourself with the lord that has to happen in these last days it is unscriptural for the church to go to be in darkness it is unscriptural for the church to be in defeat nowhere in the bible was the church ever in defeat and you know it, it it's as believers, we have to make that choice daily that you, that you wake up in the morning and you say, I am going to be a display for his glory. I am the head and not the tail. God is not a shifting shadow. I'm, I'm really big on getting core scriptures to, to read in the morning. And why? Because you have, the Bible says, renew your mind daily. You have to constantly be putting it in you. And you, you realize that the whole message, basically, that I, that, that I was trying, that I was going on was, you know, it's not a matter of, oh, I just need this one breakthrough and then I'm good. Like, you know, there's, you can't be chasing this one break breakthrough because we're not called to live a breakthrough every, like, a, I need this one breakthrough lifestyle. We're actually called to live a continual lifestyle of blessing, a glory to glory and a strength to strength. It's unscriptural to be like, oh, I just, I just really need this breakthrough in my life. I mean, I, there, again, 
there's things that come, but it says, even in the trials, you can rejoice for the victory is yours. And so it's not, there never should be a time where you're like, I'm defeated. I really need a breakthrough. You, there has to be something that switches on the inside of you and says, I'm the head and not the tail, above only and never the beneath. What the devil loves to do is remind you of what you used to be. That's why the Bible says, old things have passed away. All things, all, somebody say all, all things have become new. You are a new creature in Christ Jesus. What you used to like, you don't like anymore. What used to please you doesn't please you anymore. You are new creatures in Christ Jesus. And I'm telling you, as you begin to align yourself with God, watch what he does in these next two months. And you know, again, you're going to be, this group of people right here is going to be the group of people that just separates from their family in terms of what they've always done. It's funny, you see you see families and it's almost like little pockets. It's like this family makes that much. This family makes that much. That group of family makes this much. Oh, those people live in this area. This that's why it's, you have to in you have to we talked about this in the leadership series, but you have to set yourself in an environment of success. If you have to move away from your family, move away from your family. If you have to do something you've never done, uh, do what you've never done. My friend Raul right here, about to be, he's going to be an accountant. He's going to be a great accountant. Uh, I do need an accountant. <laughs> I'm glad you're going to be an accountant because I need an accountant. Uh, but, but, you know, what is he doing? He's working towards, and that's why the Bible says he will, the, that the Lord will bless the work of your hand. You know, there, the Lord can't bless what you don't give him. That's why when you sow a seed, you're, you're, when you sow a financial seed, you're not, only just, you're not just saying, Lord, here's my money. What you're actually saying is, Lord, here's me. You're saying, you're, and again, I'm not taking an offering. Don't think I'm taking an offering. But, you know, the, what, the, what you're actually saying is, Lord, here's my life. Because you worked for that money. You went to work. You spent 40 hours. You spent your life working for that money. So you're actually giving the Lord an offering of your life and saying, Lord, here is me and I'm giving it to you because I'm sowing, I'm, I'm, I'm offering up a love offering unto you. And so, you know, as, as long as the earth remains, seed time and harvest shall also remain. And so, uh, I don't know why I feel like I'm taking up an offering. I'm not taking up an offering, but you know, as, as you begin to Come, come, get involved as you begin to seek the Lord in in your and uh, seek the Word in your life. If you if you're sowing this into your life, you're going to reap the benefits of this in your life. And what is that? That's a life of joy. That's a life of peace. That's a life. Go to go to Psalms 23. Let's read through that really quickly before I end off. But Psalms 23, I love Psalms 23. If I had one passage, it'd be Psalms 23. When I got married on my wedding belt, we I, we had we had uh, suits where we could put stuff in it. I literally had Psalms 23 on my inside of my jacket and Psalms 23 on my belt. Uh, at first, I was gonna do like. G Doug or like, you know, triple G. But then I was like, you know what? I'm going to put something on it. I'm just kidding. But it says, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me to lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside the still waters. Now get this. He, he makes me lie down in green pastures and he leads me beside still waters. It didn't say he leads me down next to the Rocky Mountain and he lays me down by the roaring river. No, this is a, this, it says, I will, the Bible says, I will give you rest. He makes you lie down in green pastures and he leads you beside the still waters. 
He restores my soul. This is a this is a scripture. Like you, if you ever feel discombobulated or like, man, a lot's going on right now, or like, Lord, I feel I feel distant or whatever. This is a scripture you hang on to. He restores my soul. He restores my soul. It says, He leads me onto paths of righteousness for His name's sake. Ye though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death. I will fear no evil. Why? For you are with me. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepareth a table before me in the presence of my enemies. What I like to do is I like to change that. I say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of, uh, what does that mean? What does that mean? He's giving you the victory. How do you, you can't prepare a table in front of what, what has authority over you. But no, you're sitting at the head seat and he says, I, you prepare a table before the presence of my enemies. And you can say, I, I like to change. I say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of all sickness, all, all lack, all, all worry, all anxiety. I like to switch stuff out like that because that's what it means. And he says, you anointeth my head with oil, my cup runneth over. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. Uh, Sorry, I forgot to call the worship team back up. I meant to do it like 10 minutes ago. So if you don't come up, I'm going to forget. And so, you know, what what was Matthew 11? My yoke is easy and my burden is light. I, he maketh me lie down in green pastures and lead, leadeth me beside the still waters. Living a life with Christ is rest. It's easy. It's not hard to live a, a life in Christ. I, I don't care who's told you that or what you may think. But it's actually, you begin to realize, as long as you seek his word, the Bible says, seek my word and all else shall be added unto you. Matthew 6, 33. Well, if you begin to, or it says, seek my kingdom, but same thing. If you begin to seek his word, you begin to see that my life is different. I think different. I feel different. I don't want to do the same things. I don't want to go to the same places. I don't want to hang around with the same people. I don't. I don't want to. I don't want to hang. Uh, have the same conversations. And, and how many of you, ever since you started coming to this church, have have realized I'm different. I don't want to do the same things. And that's the Lord actually placing you in a place of walking on a path of success walking on a path of righteousness, walking on a path of holiness. We are to be holy. We are to be righteous. It's not, we aren't to live a life of, man, sin is hard and sin uh, sin just gets me. But we're actually, we are actually a righteous through Christ Jesus. He gives us the strength to be righteous. The Bible says, he restores my soul. It's very easy to live for Christ. It's very easy to live a life of stress-free, worry-free, a non-anxious living, you know, but you know, it's again, it's a daily choice. He says, cast your cares upon me, cast your cares upon me. And you know, we have to decide that the Lord, again, the Lord is my shepherd. I love Psalms 23. You have to be connected with Christ. 
And as you do that, he begins to change you. He begins to give you rest. He begins to increase you. He begins to increase your environment. Because you're blessed, others are blessed. And not only does that help you, not only is it better to give than it is to receive, but that draws people in and you become a display for God's glory. And say this, say, I am a display for God's glory. I'm not the same that I used to be. I'm a new creature in Christ Jesus. I am holy. I am holy. I am righteous. I don't think the same way I used to. I think pure. I think lovely. And I think peaceful thoughts. In Jesus' name. Amen. Y'all had a great night tonight. Yeah. I don't know why when the music starts playing, my voice gets a little more mellow. Can somebody start the smoke machine? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. If you ever see haze in here, it's not a smoke machine. Uh, anyway, so uh, I want everybody to stand up, please, as we uh, as we go into the next part of our service. How many y'all had? A, how many y'all enjoyed that message? Living a life of victory through Christ Jesus. And I, again, I'm telling you, this group of people isn't a normal group of people, and we're on the road to 100, which is awesome. And I'm telling you, as as we grow. Watch what the Lord does in you. Watch how the Lord expands you. In Isaiah, it says, stretch out your tents. It says, spare no material. So watch as you begin to as you begin to set your feet on the word and as you begin to live your life according to the word, watch how the Lord begins to expand your capacity, expand your thinking, expand the uh, blessing, the work of your hands. I guarantee you, the way you look right now is not the way you're going to look. By the, by, even by the end of this year. Two months is a lot of time for the Lord to do something in your life. Can I, how many of y'all say amen? Amen. Two months is a lot of time for the Lord to do a work in your life. You know, it, it's. I wouldn't be surprised by the end of the year for people in here to say, I've sowed what I used to make. I wouldn't be, I wouldn't be surprised if I saw a, a people in here who said, I, the Lord showed me to do this. It's a supernatural idea. And now we're making millions do this. I'm telling you, this group is a different group. It's not a normal young adults group. I like fog machines. We don't have one, but I, you know, they're, they're cool. They help the lights look better. You know, it's you know, whatever. But I, this young adults group is going to be a different group. You know, our vision for the young adults is that a bulk of the of the finances of this church would come from this young adults group, and and I'm I'm serious about that. It's it's not just something that we put in in ourselves so we can have pool parties or we can have Chick Fil A after service or we can you know buy or do whatever. But it's because it's because the Lord's put a vision within us for our young adults so that y'all could be blessed, so that y'all can. Y'all's families could be blessed. So your children could be blessed. But not only that, but that you could be great givers unto the kingdom. 
I see a lot of end time givers in this place. I see kingdom fund, uh, funders in this place. I see people who fund ministries, build, build buildings. You know, one of one of the things that that this this people in this place are going to do, they're going to give houses. If your family hasn't owned houses, you're going to be given houses. If your family hasn't never owned a debt free car, you're going to be giving cars. I'm telling you, this group is going to. This isn't a normal group. And it's all for the glory of the Lord. It's all for the glory of the Lord. And again, it's easy. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. And so when you serve the Lord and he, as he begins to bless you, you'll, you'll, you'll begin to say, you'll turn back and say, that was the easiest year of my life. That was, it was easy easy I was I was talking the other day and I said you know a $1,300 payment $1,500 payment for someone who brings in $3,000 a month is a lot but a $1,500 payment for someone who brings in 3 million a month that's not a lot and so what what when the Lord begins to expand you it's only going to get easier and easier for you to do of the Lord bless Solomon, he can bless you. But again, I'm not a shifting shadow up one day and down the next, but he's consistent. And so the blessing of, the, of Abraham is ours. And the Bible says, nations shall know your name. I don't know about you, but you probably have to have a lot of money for nations to know your name. And so it, it, as Abraham was blessed here on earth, so shall we be. And so lift, everybody lift your hands. Um, Father, I thank you for these end time harvesters in Jesus' name. Father, I thank you for the generational, the generational wealth that's be, being placed here tonight, Lord. I thank you as this night is a staple night for your people here, your young adults here in Houston. I thank you, Father, for buildings. I thank you, Lord, for cars. I thank you, Father, for land amongst these hands. Lord, use this group as a display for your glory. I thank you, Father, when, when they see these young adults, they'll say, that, that is the young adult of Jesus Christ. That is the young adult. The Lord has blessed you. Say, the Lord has blessed me. And Father, I thank you for anyone here who may not, has not received you. I thank you, Father, for the lives in the, of your people here tonight, Lord. I pray that as they go out, they are the head and not the tail, above only and never beneath. I thank you that you begin to give them witty inventions, visions, and dreams, Father. I thank you, Lord, that their environments are blessed in Jesus' name. And now we're going to go on to the second part of our service, that if you have any prayer requests or you have any, um, if you have anything, if you don't know Jesus as your Lord and Savior, uh, we want to invite you. The Bible says, uh, you know, even before service tonight, two people came to church and they got saved and they got saved right here in the front, the front parking lot. And, uh, you know, I began to minister to these people and it's the word that breaks every hard heart. It's the word that works. And as begin as I begin to share with them, his he began to weep, weep because the Lord began to touch him. And you know, it, it's 
as your hearts are open here tonight, if there's anything you want the Lord to do for you, if there's anything you're believing the Lord for, we want to come in agreement with you. So if I can have Courtney come up here. Uh, Thanks again for tuning in. Don't forget, you can always stay up to date with us and even message us on Instagram at YA underscore power of love. Thanks again, and we'll see you on the next one.